This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom350.com. Thompson and Skip Lacombe pinch hitting for Pat and Stu again today. Really appreciate you joining us. If you get an opportunity, check out my Facebook page. Right at the, the, the top, right at the last post I put, it specifically has to do with an issue we're going to talk about. And that is this issue of Planned Parenthood and abortion, which we've talked about for years and years and years. But there's a great take on it. It's one little picture. It shows the profile of a pregnant woman, her belly, and only about this poor, this much of her, and a hand coming off screen with a gun like this pointing at her belly, and it said, would it bother you more if we were shooting the babies? If, if we used a gun to kill them? Would it bother you then? Would you finally be upset by it? I think that says it all, not just about the abortion issue, but it shows a whole lot about the gun issue as well. well. It ties those two together and shows the lack of consistency with progressives. Yeah, absolutely. If you put the two of them next to one another, so what we said, if you put their ideas next to one another, you juxtapose them, they are going to fail. In this case, both of them do. On one hand, you're telling us that we've got to ban guns. We've got to do everything we can because, Skip, the argument is, if you can save just one life, isn't it worth it? Just one life. And how many times have you heard that narrative, that that being the, the linchpin, the, the winning part of the debate? Yeah, absolutely. If you can save just one life, it's worth it. It doesn't matter what uh, um, uh, rights you infringe. It doesn't matter what else you destroy, parts of the Constitution. It doesn't matter. One life, it's worth it. Yet, when it comes to abortion, eh, it's just a choice then. So I think it makes a great point. So check it out. It's Facebook.com slash Doc Thompson show, I think it is. Uh, you is it know, Facebook.com slash Doc Thompson. Slash Doc Thompson. On Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson show. There's the, there it is. This is a great example of how when you put their ideas next to one another, they will fail. Both of them. Both their gun arguments and the abortion issue. The, uh, the Center for Medical Progress, this is the organization that has been responsible for those recent videos that have been released to show the fails at Planned Parenthood. They have a couple of more videos out now. Uh, they had the first one that uh, basically showed the woman swilling wine, going, all right, sure, blah, 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 I'm eating the salad. Sure, what we do is we, uh, we go ahead and sell dead babies, and if you want to buy the dead babies, blah, 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 sure, we can do And I'm <laughs> discussing different ways that they could actually perform the abortion as to keep parts of the tissue intact, talking about, well, you know, we'll go ahead and crush the thorax above all the internal organs, and then we grab below to make sure we can go and make sure the liver and everything stays intact. Yeah, because, you know, if you want the legs, we've got to make sure we can grab it a different way so we don't damage the legs of the dead baby. And she's just will 
smelling the wine and eating, eating the, the right up to fourteen. I mean, taking I was, in between, then we take you know, the, the part of the heart and the the the, the cavil or whatever they were to, uh, referencing the head. Yeah, just cavalierly talking about. But it. even incredible. if you're even if you're pro-abortion, the callousness which, with which she discussed this is incredible. So that was the first one. Then we had the second one where we had the uh, the other woman who's discussing the amount per baby part. Now these are the people that say, wait a minute. We are not profiting off of this. And then they went on to haggle over price. This is just for, you know, services. If we have to ship the dead baby parts, if we have to uh, perform it and have other expenses, it's just to cover our expenses. And, you know, since she hadn't negotiated price on that for a while, too, she wanted to check the market price of other places to make sure that their costs that they were incurring were the same. Right. Hmm. Why would it matter? If you're, if you're just paying for cost, your cost is static. How much does it cost to ship dead baby parts? Well, according to our records, when we shipped the last amount of dead baby parts, it cost us X number of dollars. Ergo, the price is this. It doesn't change unless the shipping of dead baby parts goes up, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. There shouldn't be, yeah, there's no extra cost incurred. I mean, the, the cost for, for keeping it in location or whatnot, no, they would normally what? Just throw it or dispose of it. There aren't any extra costs associated with that. So Planned Parenthood, I'm calling you out. Explain that one to me. Explain it. This is quite simple. How are you not profiting off of this, one way or another, directly or indirectly, if you're telling us you're haggling over price? If the price is based on what you incur, the, the expenses you incur, when shipping the dead baby parts, when dealing with these companies, then why isn't it static? Explain that to us, and they will not. Planned Parenthood is in trouble on this thing. They, no, they're, they're not going to completely tank. They've got enough nuts out there. But this is finally exposing some of what they do, how callous they are. The latest video we have, this is from a woman who um, was hired by a company that would receive the dead baby parts. She was hired as a procurement person procurement you know she's the <laughs> and see they use nice words like procurement to not make it seem like oh you're gonna go out and purchase dead babies today oh okay great no no no, no. it's procurement <laughs> oh okay great yeah, it makes it a little i was bad. worried that i was buying dead baby no parts no no, no it's, just, it's just procurement you're sure about that that way too you know <laughs> thanksgiving dinner family <laughs> so how's the job going oh procuring has been really good really what's uh so uh that's the cranberry sauce what's uh what do you do in your I, job? I, I pro procure. What are you procuring? Uh, like uh, dead baby parts. Oh wow, that. Uh, you still want that cranberry sauce? No, no, I'm okay. Go ahead and keep that there. We want to show you a couple of the latest videos. Um, these are going to be pretty graphic in nature, at least the discussion. So here we go. Here's the first one. I thought I was going to be just drawing blood, not procuring tissue from aborted fetuses. I basically just went on Craigslist, typed in the word phlebotomist lab technician, and I clicked the link to apply. It said procurement technician. I went to the website. It said STEM Express, and um, apply now. I applied. It was really short. It wasn't even an application. It was your name, your phone number. That was it. And I got an email back, and I interviewed. And they don't even let you know in the interview what you're doing. Sun Express is a company that hires procurement techs to draw blood and dissect dead fetuses and sell the parts to researchers. They partner with Planned Parenthood and they get part of the money because we pay them to use their facilities and they, they get paid from it. They do get some kind of benefit. We were asked to procure uh, certain tissues like 
uh, brain, liver, thymus, pancreas, heart, lungs, and pretty much anything on the on the fetus. It's basically acute trafficking of fetal tissues. Well, I feel like they ought to uh, warn you on something like that, right? I mean, you're hired as a phlebotomist, somebody who draws blood. That's what they do. You go to the hospital, you're at the doctor's office, the person that's specialized in drawing blood is phlebotomist. Can you imagine if you're typing in a job? I mean, I don't want to give anybody ideas, but let's say we're in need of a job. We go, oh, radio guy, and they're like, oh, STEM Express. Here you go. We have an opening for radio guys. And you roll in, you're like, thanks. Nice to meet all of you. First day on the job. Here you go. Um, we need you to go uh, procure some uh, dead baby parts. Could you do that for us? Well, and that's the thing is that those two items, those two things are not even in the same vein. I mean, the idea of going to, to draw blood every day, applying for a job, thinking you're doing that for a company, and then to find out you're going to be literally dissecting aborted fetuses. I mean, those two things just don't go together. I mean, you need a trigger warning for some of this stuff. Yeah, the Center for Medical Progress, who uh, is responsible for these videos, this, they have another uh, video or another portion of it we're going to share with you right now. This one is, is specifically graphic when they discuss searching through, it's a hidden camera, um, all of the tissue, everything from the aborted babies, and looking for certain parts or pieces of the baby to, to use, and the, the amounts that they're going to end up charging for it. Here's, here's the other video. So would you call that intact? These are intact kidneys, okay. yes. If somebody needed... Because if I looked at that, I'd be like, that's good to go. Oh, yeah. I said 21. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five stars. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean, you could start a neural cell culture from this, from this neural tissue right here. Like, would someone want that? This? Yeah. Yeah. This? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Someone would. Someone would definitely. This so was. Even this is definitely. Weeks, even though it's really because I know that's when we talked about. This is. This is neural tissue that people could take and look and you see how it's still connected through the spinal cord back there. If you. Do we just send that all together, back. and they uh, pick it up. You, you could actually, yeah, yeah. Some people. Some people prefer that actually because it you know, keeps it a little themselves. more protected. Yeah. That eleven six was pretty Earlier. good. There was yeah. yeah. I mean there was like three or four samples we could have taken out of the eleven six. So that would Excellent. be you know, if we were doing like you know fifty to seventy five per specimen, that would be like two hundred three hundred. Right then we'd be comfortable with that. But like so it's like stuff like this. Like we don't want to be like just a flat fee of like two hundred and then yeah, it's like <laughs> no. And you know the uh, I, I think that. I think the per item thing works a little better just because we can see how much we can get out of it. Wow. That's, I, I don't know. It's tough to watch. I mean. Well, I don't know how this is your job and you're like, okay, so uh, here we go. See, the thing is, even if you're pro-abortion, even if you can, in your mind, make some sort of moral justification for abortion, which is difficult for me. But even if you can do that, how do you go through all of the dead babies and go, okay, so, oh, yeah, here's an arm. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> now, like, this is good, want this. this is bad, we can move this around. I mean, they, they always use the, the claim, too, that it's just a bundle of cells. It's not a baby at this point, too. Then why then all of a sudden does it become, I mean, literal baby parts? And that's at 11 weeks, folks. You can see hands there. How do you say that's just a bundle of cells? But, see, this shows how they can make the argument to be pro-abortion. They make the argument to be pro-abortion by saying it's just tissue it's a bundle of cells and then they can also use that to to laugh off and be jovial and whatever or swill wine when you're discussing these things they had to use that in order to silence all of the voices in their own head that go hey maybe you shouldn't be laughing about dead bodies how about that maybe something like that i really disliked uh, discussing abortion 
This has been a hot-button talk radio and talk television issue for 30 years, and I hate it because we're not convincing anybody on the other side. You're just not doing it. It's preaching to the choir on either side, and neither side is willing to even discuss it and be rational. Let me give you an example. Even though I am pro-life, I'm anti-abortion, I can be reasonable. I can say I would like to be the noblest enough person to say if my wife was raped that we're going to go ahead and keep that baby. It's not happening. I'm not that good enough of a person. I'm just not. I, I can't do it. So I can understand. I can understand how somebody wouldn't necessarily want to carry that child. We know, of course, those cases are really rare. That's the, that's the example they always use. What about when it comes to incest or rape? But I can discuss that, sure, absolutely. Can you do me a favor? Can you, as pro-abortion, say, hey, maybe we shouldn't let the baby be partially born and then kill it? Maybe... Maybe we shouldn't let it go eight months before we kill it. I had two sons. One of them was born premature, 31 and a half weeks. Now, the normal pregnancy is 40 weeks. 31 and a half weeks. He is now 13 years of age. He is tall, athletic, strong, smart, and a good kid in spite of all I am. 31 weeks. We see babies born younger than that that end up growing up and being great, wonderful, human beings, perfectly normal. So how can you justify anything late term? And that's what they won't, they won't have that discussion with you. See, in their mind, it's all or nothing. And even if you're somebody that says, well, I could probably understand the first couple of weeks. Oh, it's not really a baby like eight months. I mean, there's a big difference. And I'll admit that there is a difference between two weeks and eight months. But if you're telling me it has to be all or nothing, I'm taking nothing without question. If it has to be all or nothing... And you're going to go ahead and throw in their incest and rape? I'm taking nothing. Because I've seen the graphic footage and the descriptions of Kermit Gosnell. You've seen the guy at eight months doing the most heinous things to babies. And people that justify late-term abortions. If you're somebody that justifies late-term abortion, how late do we go with that? Can a parent then kill their four-year-old child? Can they shoot him in the head? Well, I just decided. Skip. He's four, and I don't want to be a parent anymore. Why should I be punished with a baby? Why should you be punished with a toddler? I mean, the baby was okay, but why do I have to be punished with a toddler? Why do you I know, have to be punished with an infant? You know what we just call it? We call it post-term abortions. No, but I mean, that, that's the case, too. Is, I mean, even, even when they say they want to push back the 20-week the ban, I mean, uh, conservative people are going to say, okay, can we at least say 20 weeks? That's still not good for them? Yeah, that's five months. Listen, you've already been responsible or irresponsible to say, I'm going to go get pregnant. I'm going to sleep around. I'm going to do the wrong things and not use protection. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to go out and get drunk and sleep with some dude. And now I'm pregnant. You've already been irresponsible. Then you can't even be responsible enough within five months to have the abortion. My God, I mean, it's that big of a deal to you. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm, a, I'm pregnant. This is such a weight on me. It is it weighing me down. What's my future going to be? I can't take care of this child. This is going to be horrible. I'm devastated. I'll go ahead and wait five, five months before months. I have that abortion. Five months. <laughs> right. It doesn't it make is, any sense. Skip, because that's what they tell you. They're like, I don't want to be punished with a child, and this is so upsetting to me. But I'll go ahead and wait five months. Well, and, I mean, I think they, most progressives would even agree that, well, you shouldn't be able to kill your kid at one or even six months or once it's officially born and taken <laughs> right, home. Right, right. But where do they draw the line then? 
I mean, truly. So we can't even draw it at 20 weeks. Okay, so is it eight and a half months okay? And again, too, there's different circumstances of sure. problems during childbirth where, hey, you have to pick one or something. And that's horrible, but it's more understanding than not having a, a, an abortion ban at 20 weeks or beyond 20 weeks. What, what do you make, 25 weeks? Okay, tell you, I'll give you an extra five, five weeks. Is that okay? No, still not good enough? Where does it end? Where do you draw the line then? That's not a rhetorical question. Tweet at me. Ask Skip Lacombe. I want to know. That's a great, yeah. At Skip Lacombe. You can also tweet at Doc Thompson Show. Normally during our radio program, we use the hashtag what I learned today, so you can feel free to, to join in there as well. We'll get some of your calls coming up. 888-727-BECK. Uh, 888-727-BECK. I just think that is incredible when you think about that, that you're, you're so devastated by being pregnant that you say, I'm considering an abortion. I just, I can't raise this child for whatever the reason. Not even to judge you about that. But then at that point, you can't be responsible enough. Even when you say to yourself, boy, I was irre really irresponsible. Maybe I shouldn't have done that because, whoops, I'm pregnant now. Who knew that was going to happen? Nah, I can't do it this month. I'm a little busy. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Okay, I'll give you, it took a month for you to realize you were pregnant. I'll even give you two months to realize you're pregnant. Eight weeks. Got it. I am definitely pregnant. Yep. I took the test. I took another test. Took a couple of other tests. Yep. I'm, well, I'm devastated by this. Let me wait another, uh, another, another four weeks, 12 weeks, three months. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Got to decide. How about another four? Now I'm at 16 weeks, four months. I don't know about this thing. I'm devastated, mind you. Got to get this done. I can't raise a baby. 20 weeks. Yeah, I'm just not. A little more time to think about it. You know, I have that, uh, that hair appointment Tuesday. It's true. Yeah. I'm going to get my nails can't done, get that. the French manicure. So I'm going to be really busy. I don't know if I'm going to have that abortion done. And you know, I got that party next week, yeah. and now it's the holidays. I don't want to have an abortion before the holidays. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do that. The family's coming over. I'm going to just keep pushing that thing back. I'm so devastated, i got to get it done. Nutcases, man, nutcases. These videos are horrible, and here's my speculation. There's more to come, and some really bad ones to come. Think about it. If you had a bunch of really bad, incriminating videos from some group like Planned Parenthood, are you just going to throw it all out there? No. And are you going to put the worst one out there? What I would end up doing, if Skip and I had uh, gotten these videos, I would say, Skip, here's what we're going to do. I want to take the second to the worst one and put it out there first, assuming you have ten of them or five, whatever. You put the second to the worst one out there so people go, whoa, whoa, what's this video? It's pretty shocking. Then you put a couple more out there, and then once people start paying attention to it, you nail them with the really horrible one, the one that's really going to get to people. So I think there's still a pretty big one to come. Sorry for this transition, folks, but got to tell you about uh, Patriot Pantry. Uh, every time you turn on the news or log on to the blaze, there's, uh, there's something new to worry about. We talk about all of these different issues. People everywhere are asking what, they can, what can they do to protect themselves if something goes really, really wrong. What can you do to protect your family? The answer is get prepared with My Patriot Supply. Right now you can get a 72-hour emergency food supply for only $10. The deal is only available, though, if you call 800-478-8061. It's My Patriot Supply. They can, only, um, they can only bring back this price for a short time, so don't miss out. If you call in the next 12 hours, they're going to even give you free shipping on your order. Get a 72-hour 72 72-hour uh, kit for only $10, including shipping, if you call right away, 800-478-8061. That's 800-478-8061. You call now. It's My Patriot Supply. It's not just food. It's freedom.
Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. Go to Freedom350.com right now and change your life today. That's Freedom, the number, 350.com, and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to Freedom350.com. What a ridiculous argument. This, this whole abortion discussion is so ridiculous. When you add it all up, it's silly. And Planned Parenthood, they know they're doing wrong, and they know they're selling dead baby parts. You can say what you want, because even if they're not technically profiting, if it's not like they're uh, you know, filling their bank account and then all just taking the money and you know, walking away with it. Because profit is a, is, a, is a... They're not getting rich, but it's still money right. that's going to them. Right. And even if, um, even if they're saying, well, what it is is we collect a lot of money on you know, where we can, and then we use that for other procedures, well, it's not technically paying the fee of, of that abortion and then the, the body parts that you got from it being shipped. You might be saying, okay, well, sometimes we lose money on stuff, and then sometimes we make more on this over here, and then it all evens out. Well, the problem with that is that's also the argument where Planned Parenthood says, your money, your tax dollars don't pay for this. It goes to other things. Yeah, Planned Parenthood gets money for, you know, breast screening and stuff like that, but they don't use that for abortion. Please. Their money a, is co-mingled. It's exactly. in a bank account, you know, so if it doesn't matter if it's money that goes to abortion or if it's <clears> money that goes to a breast cancer screening, it's money that's going to Planned Parenthood. Right. It's a shell game. That's how they do it. They simply say, we don't have to spend as much money here because we got federal money for that. Now we could take that money and put it over into the abortions. That's all it is. That's so dirty quasi-government. That's how government justifies all kinds of BS crap, too, with the way they spend stuff. Is that, no, the money isn't going for there, or we're not taking this money for that. It's only the same money, really. No, you're right. And I've got a great example of this. A lot of states have um, state lotteries, right? I know Ohio, Virginia, some others, they say, okay, in order to get the lottery passed, years ago they said the money that we make off of this is going to go to the schools. And people are like, wow, that's awesome. We get more money for schools. That's wonderful. It doesn't cost us anything. Then we're going to have better schools. That, that was the thought. We already spend money on schools. We're going to get all this lottery money, and all the schools in our state will be better. Great. And you look back 20 or 30 years later, and you're like, how come the schools aren't palaces? You're making billions over the years, billions upon billions off of your state lottery. How come they're not palaces? And then you look at the spending on the stuff and you go, wait a minute, um, you're spending about the same amount on schools. What happened to the, the state lottery money for schools? Well, what they did is they simply said, we take X number of dollars to fund schools. This is how much it costs to fund schools, right? Now we get the lottery money in, that lottery money comes in, and they put that to the schools this much. The money that they used to put in there they now take out and put in the general fund or someplace else. So really, that lottery money is going to something else. You are already spending this amount of money, whatever it is, on the schools. So you get that amount from the lottery. Now that money you used to spend on the schools, you can spend on whatever You're it is you want. you extra tax when you buy a lottery. That's ticket. all it is. Just giving them more tax money, basically. Mm -hmm. So it sounds great when they say, well, this is definitely going there or whatever. It's all a shell game with your money. They just move it around. It's like three-card money in the street. Follow the queen, follow the queen, follow the queen. That's all they're doing with this stuff. 
Obama speaking in Africa. We've been following his uh, trip to Africa. All right, so his latest is uh, he speechified to some leaders, told them that they need to be pro-gay. That was one of the things. Mm -hmm. Not anything about uh, most people in Africa. They're not, uh, uh, not pro-gay. Pro yeah, not. No, uh, they're not. They're, uh, <laughs> they aren't really a whole lot of fighting for, uh, for gay rights in Africa, right? Not now. a whole lot of people marching with the gay flags, with uh, phalluses on their head, uh, dressed as babies, and doing all the crazy gay pride celebrations. Not a whole lot of that in Africa, because sadly, they are really, really violent against gays. I mean, in Africa, they will often kill homosexuals. And that's horrible. That's wrong. Oh, it's awful. Right? There's no we don't want to, any mischaracterization uh, uh, on that. Yeah, and this isn't the Matthew Shepard uh, where they claim somebody was killed because they're gay. They're actually killing people because they're gay, and that's horrible. But President Obama arrogantly preaches to them, y'all got to get better on gay rights. And they're like, yeah, here's the thing. Um, that's not at the forefront of our issues right now. Thanks a lot. That's basically what one of them told him. Yeah, that's not one of our big issues, but thanks. Hey. He also said that he could win if he was eligible to run again. Do you think the president could, could win again? I'm kind of torn. I do not think he could. Not with a, any real decent opponent. Yeah, I was going to say, is he running against Jeb Bush? Yeah if, he's, yeah, if he's running against Jeb Bush, sure, he could get elected. If he's running against John McCain again, hell, I may vote for him against McCain. <laughs> That's a joke. I wouldn't vote for either one of them. Um, but I don't think he necessarily could. He explains it here, though. we got a little clip from you, for you from uh, Africa. I am in my second term. It has been an extraordinary privilege for me to serve as the President of the United States. I cannot imagine a greater honor or a more interesting job. I love my work. But under our Constitution, I cannot run again. I can't run again. I actually think I'm a pretty good president. I think if I ran, I could win. But I can't. So there's a lot that I'd like to do to keep America moving. But the law is the law. I, I am really stunned. Uh, humility, not uh, not one of the no, not one of no. President Obama's attributes. He really doesn't get that humble thing. I think I'm a pretty good president. I got to tell you, guys, I, filling in for Patton Stew. I think I'm a really good filling host. Skip, I, I think I think we're both pretty good filling hosts, actually. I don't know about you so much. I think I am a really good villain host. Seriously, no, really no, I, good. I think we do a really good job, actually. Really, really good. I, I think I do. Not so much you, but I think I do a really good job. Well, That's I, really I, swell. I, I think we're both pretty talented. But. Yeah, I mean, how do you say that? I mean, even if you believe that, you're just going to throw that out there? Wouldn't you at least feign humility? Wouldn't you at least go... Well, no, nobody asked him about that, by the way. It's hard enough if then you're in that position. If someone goes, hey, what do you think you're doing? Do you think you're doing a pretty good job as president? You may go, well... Yeah, I mean, I think I'm doing a good job as far as getting things done. I've had my faults. I've made my mistakes. You know, right. normal person would be kind of uh, humility with that, like you said. But, yeah, Obama has none. <laughs> I think I'm a pretty good president out there. Well, it's usually like, uh, I, I think I'd like to do some more good things, you know, if I run again. But, uh, you like, looking off stage. I can't do that, though. It's the, You're sure on it's that, It's the right? law. Yeah, the... Check with the attorneys, we're the sure. The law says I can't. But I've gotten around that Constitution so many well, other times. It's is like, there... no, guys, isn't there an executive order <laughs> I could, like, issue or something? I mean, I've got a pen and a phone. There's got to be something we could do here. Yeah, he's not getting that. 
Um, do you think he could win again? Honestly, do you think he could win? Like I said, it completely depends upon uh, his opponent. With with the right scenario, yes, I absolutely believe he could win again because there are that many crazy progressives, and he is that good of a campaigner. I think, well, he is that good of a campaigner. With any decent candidate, I think he would have a difficult time right now. you got to remember, there's a couple things that go on. The, the president's first term, they don't have to pay for any of their mistakes, sadly, until usually the fifth year. That's when they're bad. Any mistakes they've made... That's when they start really showing up. Out, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, most people are too dumb to realize that until after they've been reelected. And they're like, something's not right here. It's year five of his administration and uh, something's not right. And you're like, yeah, we told you about that a year and a half ago. Ah, oh, I shouldn't have voted for this guy again. Year six, you start finding out more and more stuff. And all you have to do, all any opponent has to do is say, how's it going? Look around. Do you have a job? How's your bank account? Have you seen the price of eggs? What's beef costing you now? Can your kids afford college? Forget all of the infringements of your rights or progressive ideas. Just simply look at the economy, stupid. How's it going? And I think he would have a tough time. But you've got to have somebody who can actually articulate that message. And unfortunately, we don't have many people that can do that. And we certainly have anybody who could do that in a decent way over the last couple of uh, election cycles. Mitt Romney couldn't do it. John McCain couldn't do it. Hell, Bush couldn't do it. He just got lucky that Kerry and Gore were so horrible <laughs> that, that he point. could get elected. Really I mean, that's really what it is. So while I will say he is a brilliant campaigner and he can manipulate like crazy, anybody solid on the stump? I mean, aside from those naked pictures in Vegas, and by that I mean aside from those Vegas pictures from many years ago, uh, I'm on the stump. I lay that stuff out. He's in trouble. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm running. Again, the pictures in Vegas would preclude me from, from running and actually It's not running. just the Vegas pictures that would preclude me. Many, many pictures. Many, many fails over the years. that one slide. Many, many. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we are going to uh, talk cold-brewed coffee. Have you ever had cold-brewed coffee? I've, how did I not know about this? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty much the only way I drink coffee these days because uh, the, the acid level in coffee upsets my stomach. But no, I, mean, I, I love it, yeah. I'd had iced coffee. You go in, you get an iced coffee. It's Which great. Is, and, and I'm glad you did say there's a difference between iced coffee and brewed coffee. You know, you actually brew it in cold water versus iced coffee. You let it cool and add ice. It is incredible. So Skip and I work with this company, American Pride Roasters. You check them out at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. It is just simply the best coffee on the planet. American Pride Roasters.com. Anyway, so we work with this company, and uh, the, uh, the owner of the company said, you got to try this cold brew coffee. And I'm like, yeah, I've had iced coffee. No, no, it's cold brew. I'm like, okay, it's cold, it's coffee, it's brew. Got it. Tried it. Sensational. So we're going to brew up some tomorrow for you, and let's try it. And uh, you can even try the American Pride Roasters if you have it as well. Back in a minute, we'll get some of your calls and your tweets. It's Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe, pinch hitting for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. So new information comes out that says John Stewart made several trips to the White House. This is really, really odd. Now, there's probably a lot of you that, John Stewart from Comedy Central, the guy is a comedian, has a TV show that talks politics, real progressive, uh, if you're not familiar with him. 
He um, made some trips to the White House. Now, we know other news people have spent some time with the president. And that's a little disturbing because you think, okay, these people are really just propagandists then. That, that's really what you're talking about. They're carrying water for the president. But particularly disturbing that most people don't talk about is that the president would call on them. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when we say most news people go to, or have met with him, John Stewart is not a news person. He is a comedian who plays a news person on TV. You know what, Skip, though? I'm going to tell you, he is now a news person. Now, we know he's not a news person, but the masses do not know he's not a news person. They believe he is. They believe that his comedy segments, when he talks about news features, is the news, as you and I used to think of Walter Cronkite, and that's the way it was. This is the new world of news to the millennials. A lot of them believe this. So you're right. He's not a news person, but to many, he is. So what is the president getting out of that? The president doesn't have to call John Stewart because he called him a couple of times. He called him in 2011 during the, uh, the budget talks. And then apparently he actually had him come to the, called and requested, please come from Manhattan to Washington, D.C., come into the Oval Office, sit down, this was last year, 2014. February of 2014. Okay, so a little over a year and a half ago. When he was getting ready to talk to the country about Russia. Ukraine, yeah, when Russia Specific, was, yeah, okay. invaded Ukraine. So what is the president bringing Jon Stewart in for? Now, let's say the president says, all right, guys, we need some help here. we got to get our propagandists on this thing. Call up MSNBC, give them their marching orders. Even if the president's saying he needs Jon Stewart and others in order for propaganda he doesn't have to have him come to the white house why why do you have him come to the white house for that that could have been a phone call or right. meeting over skype or some sort of meeting like that why was it so necessary that john stewart had to make the trip from manhattan to dc to meet with the president about Russia yeah, and the does, invasion of the, of, of the Crimea Peninsula. How, how does, yeah, that's a particularly odd one on like, top of uh, it. It just doesn't make any sense. And that's why I made the point, too, of he's not a news person, even though people do believe he is. He's kind of transcended in that kind of quasi-news uh, entertainment space. But how does the president normally give him their marching orders? It's via text or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, okay, so and imagine the press secretary or whoever goes, all right, John, this is what we want you to cover, MSNBC, because, you know, come on, they're carrying water for the president. So why does he have him come there? It's not to help out John Stewart. The president doesn't care about that. What is he talking to John Stewart? What advice or information, what job was John doing at the White House that he couldn't have done with a phone call? I think it likely has something to do with how can I spin this message? I think he was looking for advice from John Stewart and others. How do you think as a member of the media that's used to spinning this stuff and talking in front of an audience, how do you think I have to approach this? That's exactly it. I mean, the only time when you would think, okay, maybe that makes sense for a comedian to go visit the White House is maybe before the White House Correspondence Dinner, hey, let me help brush up on some of my jokes for the dinner. Aside from that, there's no real reason that Jon Stewart would be meeting with the president. It has to be, like you said, about spin, because that's one thing he is very good at. The, the progressives at, at The Daily Show and Comedy Central and all of those TV shows they've been putting out with this fake quasi-news is they're very, very good at spinning it. That's how they've convinced an entire generation of people that it's actually news. That's a really good point, Skip. Well, You're right, because, because it's not just... They, he could call any newsman and say, 
How do I look on camera? Do I need to turn this way? Should I turn more this way? What do you think my profile should be? Yeah, it's no longer O'Reilly being in the no spin zone. It's now, I mean, John Stewart uh, does the spin zone or whatever, you know? Right. John, John uh, transcends just that. How do I look on TV? Yeah. Advice from the president. And it's not just your typical spin. Well, I'll say this. How can I convince people using humor, using whatever it is, John? Because that's what they do. I mean, they take ridiculous things and mock them. Uh, on the the Daily Show in order to make a political point. What is what is particularly frustrating about the Daily Show and John Stewart and these types of programs is that they do try to go ahead and play in both fields at that. Well, they'll say, well, you know, we are bringing news to the people and blah blah blah. They'll use that argument half the times. Then when anybody calls them on any of the crap that doesn't make any sense or isn't consistent, they're like, ah, it's a comedy program. I'm on after muppets. <laughs> no, they used to because the Daily Show used to come on after a show called Crank Yankers, where puppets used to make prank phone calls. <laughs> then came on the Daily Show, the news program they're talking about. So. He would constantly be back and forth with this, ah, you know, I'm on after puppets. What do you mean? It's not a new world news program. Then be offended <laughs> if, if, if people are upset that he's uh, going on uh, an actual news program to talk about things. That is a There's brilliant. no consistency. That is a brilliant point, Skip. You're right. They're right. On one hand, it's like, oh, we, we're doing serious stuff here. We're trying to tell people what's wrong and right in the world. What are you coming down on us for? We're no, just on after I've puppets. I've heard John Stewart say, "Die, I'm on after puppets." Like, <laughs> then where are, you? are you? Are you the guy that's on after puppets, or are you trying to actually do a news show? I've heard him use that exact argument. You know what, Skip? That's perfect for him. That's perfect for John Stewart. That's what they do. There's no accountability. They, they again, juxtaposition. They're different thoughts and opinions. And it's just anything to not be held accountable. Let's face it. That is the basis, one of the, one of the tenets, one of the foundations of their progressive philosophies of zero accountability. Whether it's certain people for porn, whether it's doing the right thing and not reading the, entering the country illegally, whatever it is, it's zero accountability and zero responsibility. I mean, that's how I was. I was driving in the car with Skip today over to the studio, and we were talking about I forget how why Janet Napolitano, but I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I throw you out there? Okay, who? Janet Napolitano. Thank you. Thank you. It's not a kind and of I'm like, the name, but we're all in agreement Janet Napolitano's gay, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, we all. Everybody? I just assume that. Okay, yeah, Show of hands so. around the studio. Okay, okay good. That's good. Um, now, there's anything wrong. She's talking to be gay or whatever. It's the progressive because you're gay. I think this is likely what led to her progressive attitude. I think this happens with a lot of people. One issue pops up where they feel particularly disconnected with the world. Or someone's telling them that they're doing wrong. And instead of admitting a wrong or saying, hey, we all feel disconnected with the world at times. We all are off. We all are the one that's picked last for something at times. Not everybody is rich and beautiful and powerful, whatever. Even that person has some sort of insecurities. But instead of saying that and realizing it and growing and becoming an adult and taking responsibility, they say, I just... I'm going to join the other side. I'm going to go ahead and just believe that uh, anybody can do whatever they want and there's no accountability and there is no wrong. We're all just human beings after all, right? That's one of the tenets of it. Yeah. That and crazy control freak stuff, too, or whatever. Yeah, by the way, John Stewart going to end his uh, end of the Daily Show next Thursday. He's leaving for the his final show will be next Thursday. Been there 16 years. Wait a minute. I thought he'd already done his final show. No, the final show will be coming up on Thursday. I thought the, the president show. was on his final episode. It was the last time the president will be on, but yeah. Oh, I was confused. I thought I don't watch the well, show. The, the headlines were written as uh, <laughs> uh, his final appearance, meaning presidents. I know what you're talking oh. about. I, I know the headline you were referring to, and yeah, it was, okay. it was worded as in his final appearance. But yeah, sixteen years. Sixteen years. My golly, wow, that is stunning. Um, I saw an article today where 
I think it was 11, 12, a whole group of illegals that were brought here by their parents through no fault of their own were at the White House getting awards because they're, they're I think it's Teach for America or Teaching for America. This organization that says, uh, we will help you with college or whatever, and you make a commitment to go and teach in some, maybe some school districts that a lot of people don't want to go to. High crime rates, depressed areas, whatever it is. Some are inner city, some are Appalachian America. So what they do is they go, uh, they took them to the White House and they honored them. And they said, here's, here's 11 kids who got the DACA program and went to college, and now they're teaching in New Mexico in some poor schools, and in Ohio in some poor schools, in inner city L.A., and they were rewarding these kids. Now, you went to high school, you did good, got good grades, you went to college, good. There's a reward in there. But you're still illegal. And I understand it's through no fault of your own, it's through your parents. But is this who we need to be rewarding? And then it dawned on me. The reward, and by having them become teachers in this teacher, Teach for America that they're pushing. You know what that does? It not only rewards them, but it gets like-minded people in schools teaching kids. This is another way for them to get the crazy people, the propagandists, into schools to teach future generations. That's what John Stewart has done for 16 years. For 16 years, he's taught, actually, maybe two generations now. You know, you're bridging a couple of generations of people out there that say, I grew up, my earliest memories, you know, 8, 9, 10, when I really started paying attention to TV, John Stewart. Maybe an older sibling or parents watched it. And you grew up through the next five, eight years or whatever, and he helped craft your view of the world. Well, and that has to be true of a large segment of people. He was on for 16 years, wildly popular show. I mean, he took, I mean, I think it was Craig Kilborn on before him. Nobody watched The Daily Show. It was just another one of those random shows on TV into, I mean, one of the largest news programs out there on cable. Yeah, and good for him. God bless him. He did well with it. I'm not, you know, bagging on his talent. He's talented propagandist carrying water for the president, but... You should know what you're getting into. And I hate the fact that they do kind of hide that. They hide behind the comedy and don't admit who they are. That's the thing. That's the yeah. plane and the gym and the two fields that really bothers me about it. Stock and Skip in for Pat and Stu today. Tomorrow night on the Blaze TV at 8 p.m., it is Sun City Cell. Now, this is a new documentary that the Blaze has produced with never-be-seen-before never, uh, footage, exclusive content that you're going to want to check out tomorrow night. And it has to do with, unfortunately, the continued stream of bad things into America across our border. This includes illegals and guns, all kinds of drugs. This is, this is what's coming into the country, and we still not have secured the border. A couple of years ago, I shared a story on the radio program about um, drugs that were being smuggled into America with the help of the American government. And the information's out there. You can Google it and find it. There are some drug smugglers that said the United States government had a program with one of the drug cartels that said, hey, if you help us bust all the other drug cartels, we'll let you bring your drugs into America. And it was, it was crazy because um, 
what is the what is the philosophy there? You're, they weren't saying you're going to stop the drugs coming in. You're, you're not going to stop the drugs coming into America. Their drugs, I mean. They're not going to round them up. They're not going to say, okay, help us out. We'll let all the drugs come in to the country, and then we're going to stop and round up your drugs. They were letting them sell drugs in America. And then, of course, you're familiar with the Fast and the Furious program. Well, don't you think there's some sort of connection there? On one hand, we allow drugs to go across the border into Mexican drug cartels that, hey, we were trying to crack down on them, right? And then on the other hand, you're allowing drugs in the country. You don't think there's some sort of quid pro quo? Well, yeah, I mean, the real question is how then did this, uh, the Sinaloa mm -hmm. cartel all of a sudden get uh, the, the correct Trump card or the, the power? I mean, what, what information did they have or blackmail against the government to be able to run carte blanche with our border? They can transport guns. They transport uh, weapons, people, terrorists. I mean, whatever you, I mean, you name it, they're bringing it across the border. Mexican cartels are a serious problem. I mean... I how can you logically not put those things together? Add them all up. You know people pour across the border, whether it's drug cartels, uh, bringing drugs in, weapons in, or people transporting human trafficking, people for sexual slavery to be the, the slaves in your house, um, Muslim terrorists they're helping come across the border as well. You know all of these things come into the country, and we were sending, at times, guns and money out of the country to these same people. I mean, please, add it up. They're getting stuff from the federal government, and the federal government is allowing certain things to happen and getting stuff from them. Hey, in fairness, slowly they're bringing those guns back across the border when they come back illegally. <laughs> guns are slowly okay. coming back. Yeah, in the hands of bad guys, that's not who we want to have the guns. I mean, ultimately the problem is all of this is making us much more vulnerable to an attack. And that is what is, is, is the main story here. And until there is some sort of an attack where there's going to be a, a, a Mexican extremist or somebody who clearly came across by walking across the border, is that what it's going to take to get border security in this country? Well, and then you know what border security will, will become. It won't just be border security where we here in America still enjoy all of the freedoms that God intended us and the Constitution is supposed to protect. No, it'll be more Patriot Act type stuff. That's what they'll do. It'll, if something ever is big enough and significant enough where we go, wow, here it is. The drug cartels actually brought in Muslim extremists and they now have detonated a dirty bomb or something and taken out a whole bunch of people and irradiated an entire city or whatever it is. If it's that significant, then they're going to do the George W. Bush stuff. Oh, here it is. We need to start spying on all Americans. And the pendulum swings all the way in that direction instead of reasonable, measured responses. Or like back during World War II, where we're going to have, what, internment camps? Is that the extreme we're going to have right. to go to, the other side? No, there's a happy medium we can balance, and we can actually prevent one of these. You know how you do it? Secure the border. It's really, really simple, but that's going to be the, the M.O. It will be, wow, something significant enough happened that we need to care about this and we need to do something. <gasps> Let's do a lot of really bad stuff and take it too far. I'm really frustrated over the past 10, 12 years of being the person that is reasonable, the adult in the room, that actually says, hey, George, yes, and people flew planes into buildings, and that's really, really bad, but maybe we shouldn't start a couple of wars that have nothing to do with it when you can actually just take out those terrorists in those countries because the country didn't do it. Some people in those countries did. Go take out those people. Release the hounds. You know what? Get the Marines to go track them down. They started off as uh, p pirate hunters. Let them be terrorist hunters. 
Get special forces in. And by the way, you don't need to spy on Americans for that nonsense either. That's the one, you know, battling the people on the extreme on that side. And then the other people who go, we got to leave the borders open because it's a human right for you to just be able to go into any country you want and live as any way you desire. So make sure to check out Sun City Cell coming up tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on the Blaze TV. Sun City Cell. with you today and for Pat and Stu we'll be with you tomorrow as well in this program then Thursday and Friday we're going to be pinch hitting on Glenn Beck's national radio program so check that at theblaze.com slash radio you can check out our weekday uh, regular radio program it's uh, east coast time 6 to 9 a.m. and uh, you can just get that at theblaze.com slash doc on demand so if you go to theblaze.com slash doc it's absolutely free get it on demand anytime you want via your smartphone get in your car um, Anytime. Theblaze.com slash doc. You want to join the program? It's uh, t on Twitter at Doc Thompson Show or at Skip Lacombe. You can tweet uh, with the hashtag what I learned today. A couple of uh, changes going on at MSNBC. Some programs out, some programs in. Uh, apparently, uh, the cycle is out. I don't know why I'm not familiar with that, with the cycle. That's likely why it's out. Had you been watching, maybe someone would still have a job today. Hmm. Uh, Wait, is that the Melissa Harris Perry one? No, she just does weekends. Hers is, uh, I think it's just Melissa Harris-Perry. Does it have a name for the show? I don't recall. Does anybody know what the name of the show is? I think it's just Melissa Harris-Perry. It's likely something with a lot of S's in it. Oh, yeah, it probably wouldn't be the cycle. It probably wouldn't call herself the cycle. I don't know, though. <laughs> that she, actually probably is. She's from, listen, she went to work for not ABC. Well, I guess that'd be pretty bad. Fox, you go Fox. She went to work for MFNBC. Not even NBC. Her MF husband, NBC. Her husband named Dennis Lathwell. Not kidding. Dennis Lathwell. The woman has a lisp. Her name is Melissa Harris Perry. She hyphenated her name. Wouldn't you at least try to get rid of the, the Harris? Wouldn't you at least get rid of it? Like, okay, that's extra S's. I just got to with that. I'm just going to go with Melissa Perry. No, Melissa Harris Perry. She's from Mississippi. Yeah, I think her first husband was, was the Dennis Lathwell. Lathwell, was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at least she didn't go uh, Melissa Harris Perry Lathwell. And it's Lacewell. Lathwell? It's L-A-C-E, Lacewell. Wow. Lathwell. <clears throat> so uh, the cycle is out, but Melissa Harris Perry is likely still in at MSNBC. Uh, uh, now with Alex Wagner. You know Alex Wagner? She is crazy. Holy moly, is she crazy. Uh, Ed Schultz is out again, again until yes. they bring him back there we again go. until he's out again. So he was doing 5 p.m., but wasn't he? He was doing like 5 before, and they only brought him back for weekends or well, something? Well, yeah, I think he was originally doing, I think, 5 o'clock, and then they had uh, uh, semi-fired him, put him just on the weekends, and then apparently they had brought him back to his old-time <laughs> slot, I think. And again, I don't watch MSNBC, so I'm going based off of uh, some second- and third-hand info here. You know what Ed Schultz has become for MSNBC? He has become the friends with benefits. He has become the standby, the any port in a storm, it's late at night, 
You know, you October is going to come around. He's going to look down at his phone. You up? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what are you? What are you talking about? Yeah, and what's going on? I don't. What do you mean? Oh, oh, you need somebody you to do some work. Come on down to the studio. Well, I mean, it's late. Put I don't. The lights on? No, it's not too late. I just, I just need to see you. Are you drunk? <laughs> Dude, seriously. <laughs> That's going to be what it's like, man. The people that run MSNBC. Hey, what are you doing, Ed? You up? <laughs> they know they can kick him around. Where else is Ed Schultz going to get a television job? As hideous as this mug is, have you seen Ed Schultz? Holy moly, is the guy hideous. Wow. And he keeps getting a job on MSNBC. They're like, we don't have anybody else. We can't do this. Ah, hell, see if Ed's available. Listen, we'll plug him in for a couple of months. We'll put him on until we get something else. He's filler. Mm -hmm. He's like that uh, that journeyman uh, player in sports, right? (laughs) The person that just ends up with, like, every team in the league. That's... Just collecting jerseys, basically, at this point. Yeah. He was the, uh, in the 80s, he was the Don Strock for the Browns, just so you know. Uh, So what else is that? So Ed, uh, Ed is out. So you got the cycle. Alex Wagner, Ed Schultz out. Uh, a couple of shows in, uh, MSNBC has a new show with Tuck, uh, Chuck Todd that's going to replace uh, uh, Ed Schultz. It's going to be like the one at Jake, uh, that Jake Tapper does at CNN. Um, Jake Tapper, surprisingly, does a really good job. Yeah, of all yeah. of the shows out there like that, he is one of the most fair. Well, and what I, what I appreciate about him, too, is oftentimes, even to in interviews, too, even with, I mean, you can tell he's probably a little more progressive, um, but regardless of that, even when he does have somebody who they may not be his point of view when he's questioning, when he hears a line of BS, he usually wants to follow up on that, because he doesn't like being lied to, he doesn't like that misinformation, and even if it goes against what he feels the world should operate like, he's usually pretty fair on his show, and I'm sure we can find examples of him being not fair on his but show. But by comparison? Overall, yeah, he's... Yeah. he's you, you could do a lot worse. And if, you, and if you look at it, he'll do a lot of the follow-up question where he'll say, um, he'll ask him a question, what about this? And they'll give him some song and dance, and he'll go, you didn't answer the question, what about this? And he'll ask him a couple of times. That's what I want from reporters. I'm even okay if you're biased. Just admit you're biased. No. As a reporter, just say, hey, this is what I believe. You know that. You don't have to be a jerk about it, but then still try to be as fair as possible. I'm fine with that. If you look at um, the, uh, the early newspapers in America, we're talking 1700s, early 1800s. These newspapers admitted their biases. They would put it up in the banner. You know, some of them have the, uh, the eagle with, like, the banner in his, uh, in his beak or whatever it is, or they'll have their big logo at the top. Underneath it, they would say what their bias is. They would say if they were Federalists or whatever, or we believe in these ideas. And people knew that. And a lot of times you'd be in a city like New York or Philadelphia. There were dozens and dozens of these things that people printed out. Some of them were less popular. Some were more popular. But that was the only real form of communication. Some of them were like like pamphlets or one-sheeters they would hand out. But you knew when you looked at it, you would say, okay, this is from Skip Lacombe's thing. I know. He's a little nutty, whatever. I'll take that, you know, with a grain of salt, read through it. Oh, but he does mention this one fact in here that doesn't seem like something that he would admit as a bias. I know he may be presenting it because he's trying to use that to convince people, but still there's some good information. If they simply did that, I would be fine with that. 
That's yeah. not what they're doing there. So the three to five slots with those two shows is now going to be a straight news uh, program, too. Well, as, as straight news as you're going to get from MSNBC. When you say straight news, you mean just like a news anchor or something? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, not a specific show like when it's uh, featuring Melissa Harris-Perry or featuring okay. Chuck Todd. It's just going to be uh, standard <clears throat> news with a rotating host. There is some speculation, though, that hosting that new three to five straight news segment may be Brian Williams. Oh, yeah, that's okay. I didn't even know about that. It was speculation. Yep, that's what's coming. That's absolutely what's coming. Then that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that would I mean, mm -hmm. the same time slot, basically an, an hour, an extra hour, basically, well, an hour earlier, two hours earlier. Um, but yeah, we're doing some sort of a straight news type program. Yeah, because they've got Brian Williams on the shelf, right? I mean, they've already said he's not going to go back to NBC Nightly News. He's going to go over to MSNBC. He's going to be demoted, go down to AAA. And that's where he's going to be. So far, they haven't said where he's going to do. They initially said he'd be doing, like, emergency coverage, stuff like that. If there's a tornado or hurricane, 9-11 uh, or whatever, he would be on the spot for stuff like that. But that doesn't sound like they would keep him for the amount of money they're going to still pay him to just do that. They're going to have to give him some sort of show. Daily, yeah. They're going to have to. Well, I mean, it makes sense for them, too. I mean, there's still going to be people who, who feel like they can trust Brian Williams in, in terms of as a journalist. And, well, I guess people going to MSNBC aren't really concerned about the trust factor of their jo uh, well, journalists. Well, by comparison, everybody else at MSNBC is quite trustworthy. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, my speculation, I haven't even thought about that, Skip. Yeah, he's, if you're doing a news block format. It's going to be news as opposed to a host doing commentary or whatever. And you got Brian Williams. But you know what? This actually helps Brian Williams out, though, too. Because we know Brian Williams did not want to do just NBC Nightly News. He pitched it to do um, uh, um, Takeover for Leno. Yeah. And then also, I think, for Letterman Bowles. He wanted to do a nightly, a, a, a late-night type show, yeah. Okay. So you're the anchor for NBC News, making how much was it? 10 million, Something 12 like million? Something was like it that, yeah. It was double-digit millions of dollars a year. And you're responsible. Think about this. Think about what their responsibility is daily. One half hour on the air, and of that half hour, about 12 minutes of it or so, or uh, eight minutes of it, nine minutes of it is commercials, intros, sounders, and stuff oh, like that. Oh, keep in mind, too, he's only reading from the teleprompter for about a, a 15 seconds per right, story. Then it goes down. to a story, right, so you have then he comes back. The whole content of the news is 20 minutes, and then within that, he's only doing 40% of it, because the rest of it's like, oh, there's a trouble tonight in Oklahoma City. We go now to NBC, Skip Lacombe. And then, and then Skip takes off and does a minute or two report. So no, your I, entire thing is... You're reading from a teleprompter for cumulative, I'll stretch and say 10 minutes a night, and you're making $12 million a year. What are you doing? What are you lying? What are you, you, you want Letterman show? It's not enough for you? But likely he has this desire to do, you know, commentary and whatever. That's what I speculate is going to happen on MSNBC. He'll start off as a news block, and he'll become a talk show host on MSNBC. Well, and in that block, too, being of uh, from, what, 3 to 5, he'll be going up against uh, Shepard Smith and Brooke Baldwin, too, which has been pretty good um, mm -hmm. uh, 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 rating sources for both CNN and Fox. So it makes sense. That makes the most sense for Brian Williams and what they'll do during this, what they're calling the straight news segment. Interesting. Interesting stuff there. Now, uh, Chuck Todd's new program, um, where he takes over at 5 p.m. on MSNBC, he's still going to do his weekend stuff? Uh, I don't know. I, I think see, that's, I I think that's what I'm I said. Sure. He's going to still uh, do some of that stuff uh, as moderators of Meet the Press Makes or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah, that would be a good gig for him. <clears throat> yeah, remember when, uh, what's his foots that died and now his son? Who used to do Meet the Press? Um, oh, I can't think of his name. I don't know. He died. Tragic. Wasn't that old? He had a son who now works for NBC. I don't know. Oh, I can't drink his name. 
Anyway, his, um, his son works for them, and they were supposedly trying to groom him to, to be this, and he still does some reporting in that. How come we haven't seen him? I think they realize he's, he's not, not, the, very good, yeah. not the guy, right? You're going to have an opening there. potentially. Yeah. Tim Russert, that's it. Couldn't think of it, Tim Russert. Jake Russert's, I think, his son. He is horrible on there. I haven't Awful. seen him. I'm not familiar with oh, him. Oh, he is so bad. And it's like, okay, your dad works there, and everybody loved him, thought he did a great Maybe job. Maybe the heir so apparent or whatever. You give him a shot. I have no problem with somebody saying, let's help him out, but he's just, he's not good. And I think they were hoping, okay, we give him a year or two as a reporter, then we can slide him in, and it'll take over for his dad and whatever. <laughs> that ain't going to be happening anytime soon. Um, what else do we got? Um, you had a new um, NBC News chief that took over four months ago, Andy Lack. He's... Um, uh, making his presence felt, ratings still doing really, really bad. I don't know what to do with MSNBC. Well, you, you, you have to do a complete overhaul at this point. That's these these are not small fixes you can go ahead and change to make uh, MSNBC a legitimate program or a legitimate news source or entertaining. You have to make major, major changes. There was speculation from a lot of people that they were going sports, NBC Sports Network or whatever. That's still possible, I think. It I, still I, is. But I mean, with these changes, likely they're going to still try to stick with this for a while. But, yeah, at some point you could see them still do sports or whatever. Um, I don't understand why it's so difficult. If it, it, There's very few out there that are doing news without bias. That's what I would do if I was CNN. I would just say, we're going right down the middle, folks. There's not going to be any bias. We're just going to report. And you know what I would do? I would do something like CBS um, uh, Sunday morning. It's awesome. Tremendous. Right. The, the little pods, two minutes. You know, real kind of late Human interest style. pieces. Right. Just constant instrument little tidbits. It's, yeah, it's great. Here's a guy who's made kites on the beach of North Carolina for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. got, I don't know how they make that interesting, but they do. Question, though, for Andy Lack, the new chief <clears throat> over at MSNBC. Right. When you're making a bunch of changes at your network and looking at the hosts that you want to fire and move around, how the hell did <clears throat> Al Sharpton not come up? Wow, that's a skip. You have like, made oh, we got to make uh, some changes. Our hosts aren't very good. Wow. You know who is real good, though? Al Sharpton. Wow, wait a minute. You're right. If you're, if you're Ed Schultz. How pissed would you be? You're like, wait a minute. This, this guy. Al Sharpton. That's why I said, too, I've said this before in the program, he will be there as long as he wants to be there. They will never be able to get rid of him. Oh, that's it. You he know is what? He is impossible possible for them to fire. I feel bad for Ed Schultz now. I'm going to have to take back some of the things I Dude, said I about Dude, I kind of do a little bit too, man. Wow, I feel really, really bad for him. That is just yeah, horrible. <sighs> that's not good. That's, that's the reason you know there's something else to that. Dude, that's why I say, man, Al Sharpton is not about, oh, being a news person. Either MSNBC wants Al Sharpton there for the name, the connection, the cover, mm -hmm. the, the, the business benefits that brings. Or Al has it over them. I mean, how at this point are they going to be able to get rid of Al Sharpton? I think Al claim has it over racism or ageism or whatever Al Sharpton would claim. Right. All he has to do is threaten them. Hey, you know, I'm going to get my megaphone and stand down here on the street and claim you fired me for dot, dot, dot. And Al's in the place now. He can just go in and say that. He doesn't even have to do the, well, you know, if, uh, if I were to be let go, it could be really bad for your company. He doesn't have to. Al's, Al's gotten beyond that. That's how stuff like that starts, in case you don't know. And this has been reported on over and over. Al's uh, organization, the um, National, uh, Action, National Network. Action Network, and even ones like uh, Jesse Jackson's uh, um, Rainbow, uh, Rainbow Push, Push Coalition. Coalition, what they do is they simply hold companies over a barrel. They find some little issue that's in the news where the company looks bad, when it has to do with race, and they start picketing them. And they say, you want this to go away? 
well, maybe you do an outreach program via my organization and you give us 50 grand a year. And then these companies that are worth billions and billions of dollars say it's the cost of doing business. It's $25,000 a year or $100,000 a year to their organization, and that's it. That's how the whole game works. It's a lot cheaper than having to deal with a boycott from Al Sharpton. Right. Al, when you're starting off something like that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that's how you have to do. You're like, Mr. Lacombe, your company's in a little bit of trouble there, and, um, you know, maybe I could make that go away. If, you know, you're is, talking I mean, around the, you're beating around the bush there. That's mafia stuff. I mean, that's pay right. paying for protection, you know. That's, and it, that's it. It's Media horrible. protection. Absolutely now, though, horrible. Al doesn't even have to do that with NBC. He can literally walk in and go, you guys fire me. I'm claiming racism, and um, I'm going to be down on the street screaming. It's going to be really bad for well, me. And it's not just conservative uh, blogs that are reporting that type of information. The New York Post was the one who most recently did a huge expose right. on this with, I mean, dozens, hundreds of companies that have said, well, yeah, you know, we got to pay him, and they're going to protest. This guy has this level of scam going, and you still can't pay your taxes? You're still millions of dollars in the hole on taxes? That shows Al has lost his fear of man. He really has. He's, he's like, I don't have to pay taxes. I can do whatever the heck I want. And sadly, he's right. No one's calling him on this stuff. He just keeps getting away with it. And now he's taught his daughter the game, too. You know the story about his daughter. His daughter had a uh, lawsuit pending against New York City because she tripped over a sidewalk. Tripped over a sidewalk. She has a, um, a charity that's run with her boyfriend that uh, shares office space or at least phone numbers, some employees, whatever, with Al's National Action Network. And yet it appears, it appears that this charity she operates is really nothing but a, a charity to raise money. Charity raises money for her to travel wherever she wants to go because she claims it's for uh, giving it for education outreach programs, stuff, out, yeah. outreach, it's, education, it's the same race. BS type stuff her right. father's been sh spouting for years. But really, it just means she's taking trips. Oh, we're going to Los Angeles to talk to Los Angeles Unified Schools. And she stays there for a couple weeks, gets a mini vacation. I think she was in Machu Picchu or someplace. I, that's, what, that's what ended up busting her, too, on the lawsuit that she's trying to claim against New York State. As I said, well... A couple months after that, you were climbing Machu Picchu, yet you're so uh, loss of enjoyment of life, things she's claiming mm -hmm. in, uh, in this lawsuit. Meanwhile, she's climbing Machu Picchu. It's the, it's the air in Machu Picchu, the lack exactly. of air. She was able to do it. Skip makes you virile. No, it's, it's those leaves they give you to chew on to get the altitude. That's what it That's is. That's what it is, if man. If only she had those in New York, she'd be okay with walking, traversing the sidewalks. But, you know, sadly, sadly she doesn't. Coca leaf. Hit a quick break in here. We'll take some of your phone calls if you've got them. 888 actually, 888-888-727-BECK. Close. Man, you got it. You got it. 888-727-BECK. Identifying as Pat and Stu today. We're identifying as Pat, and I'm identifying as Pat. I'll take um, Stu. Yeah. You're identifying as Stu. Who's identifying as Jeffy? Yeah, Just I don't so think we know no, who to, who nobody's going to identify as Jeffy. Of course, <laughs> of course, it's going to be, be our director, Chris. <laughs> I don't think you want any part of that. Nobody identify as Jeffy. The whole identify thing, I identify as something, is just 
it's way too confusing. I think that's one of my problems with all the nonsense going on, the political correct and how you identify from racial dolezal to transgender. I really don't care what your gender is, your race is. If you're a good person, fine, live your life. I don't care. I'm not going to discriminate against you. Go and be. But the politically correct nature of it, where I have to use certain words and can't use other words because somebody is offended, is so heavy. It makes me so tired. I don't have enough time for this nonsense. So now I have to figure out how you identify. Okay, you're a man. Well, I'm a man, but I identify as a woman. Okay, how do I know this? Because you're dressed as a woman? I thought you were an ugly woman. Okay, you're a woman. Do I have to recognize that you're a woman that only identifies as a woman? Do, what do, it's too much. Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, I, I don't. I think you agree to that. I don't want to offend anybody with the way I would refer to them or, or Right, use I'm them not for, out to mess with you. I mean, and talking about in terms of pronouns or names or sexual identity. But, I mean, if you see somebody who clearly looks like a man or looks like a woman and you, you make the wrong pronoun to them, all of a sudden you're being disrespectful and offensive. I don't think most people have that in their heart. No, just, we, I mean, but we become part of a society where we constantly have to walk on eggshells no matter what we do. And that's not what we want to get to. Which even the walking on eggshells was bad when people said, OK, there's a couple of words you can't say. You're like, OK, I don't want to offend people. I mean, we eradicated the N-word. Think about that. I mean, America gets no credit for eradicating the N-word. Well, white people's use of the N-word. White people's use of the N-word. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it has been completely and. and there's no justification. White people are just a, oh my God, he said that. Well, and you're right. You're like, you talk about walking on eggshells. Like, it, it, I think most people say when you hear that too, it's almost like a, cringe is that supposed to, maybe that's just from the radio thing. Too no, it is, it is. No, you're paranoid when it, you're There like, is, or is anybody around, or did anybody hear that? It's so, incredibly uncomfortable. No, there is. And that's, it, it's an interesting state to our society that we're even able to do that. So it's not just, okay, there's some words you can't say. Okay, I'm walking on eggshells. I can't say this stuff. All right, great. With not wanting to offend people when it comes to gender and identity or whatever, where there's some colleges that have dozens of ways people identify, ways that people identify, and then the pronouns you have to use. It's not good enough to say, oh, okay, so you're cisgender, whatever the hell that is, and I have to use the, the term Zim for you. So Z went to the store, I saw Zims the other day, right? I mean, I... That's bad enough, but I have to figure it out for each person. And, and they, this is what they say. say, well, just ask them. Okay, what? Ask them. Okay, I guess I could do that for my buddy Skip. Um, we got him and her. We got him, he, mm -hmm. and then her and she. Uh -huh. So I'll ask Skip. I got those two down. I know those two. Skip, how do you identify? Uh, he. Okay, yeah, he. Good. Okay, I got that. Um, and then I would go to somebody else, like uh, Chris, our director today, and I would go, Chris, how do you identify? And he would say, well, I'm kind of cisgender, so um, can you say Z and Zim? Okay, Z and Zim for Chris, got it. And then I would go to somebody else, and I would go, it's whatever they want. So I got to remember all this? I can't even remember names. Well, and that's a good point. And, and particularly, too, because this takes place in a school, too. So think about a professor that has, hell, we'll even make it small class sizes, 30 students, and a couple of them have different gender oh identities gosh. or want to be referred to in a different way. Now, again, too, I don't think that teacher wants to offend anybody by calling him or her or Zim or Z. But if you slip at that, if you have a list of multiple students, uh, multiple courses throughout the day, and you slip on that, all of a sudden you're being offensive. And with the society we 
we've, we've, we've created and being litigious. So what, can they sue for that because you're disrespecting them? No, we already know. I mean, it's in the bylaws of the school. You have to go and refer to them by their preferred uh, uh, gender identity or pronoun they want. But if you slip, what are the recourses? Especially, especially when you have 30 of them to choose from. I'm going to be kind here and say 40% of my wife's friends, I don't know their names. No, uh, hang on. It's more than that. I could make a list of my wife's friends by name because I hear her talk about them. Oh, I saw so-and-so today. Oh, okay, cool. I could write all those down. And then uh, I see people. We'll have them over for parties or also we'll see them at a restaurant or whatever. And she'll talk to them. And I'll go, oh, hey, how you doing? I can even ask them. Uh, oh, I remember when you were telling me you were going for that job. Did you get that job as the ice cream man? Okay, great. I know all that. But linking up the name and the person that I've talked to... I mean, she has hundreds of friends, and she's like, oh, I saw Sarah the other day. Okay, cool. And she'll be like, we're going to go out to lunch on Tuesday. And I'm like, okay, which, which one is she? Don't you remember I used to work with her in Harrisonburg, Virginia, whatever? Oh, the one with the dog that has the thing. And the, Okay, gotcha. All right, great. This Every conversation my wife has about her friends is the same thing. Me going, which one is she again? Oh, okay, yeah, I remember I talked to her husband at the party. Great. What's his name? <laughs> this is everything. So now on top of this, I've got to remember all of their genders. This adds a whole level of grief for me. Nonsense that we don't have to have. Well, and it's not even you have to remember their gender. You have to remember their gender identity. Oh, my God. Seriously. So Sarah is the one that has Zer and Z. Is that right? I can't remember this. What? Because it's, by the way, if you don't know the pronouns... They can make up their own. They can be a woman. They can, they can be a female or somebody who identifies as female but still wants you to use him and he. They can be a man transgendering to a woman who says, I want you to use her and she. Or, no, I still want you to use the masculine ones. Or they could make one up. Blivet. I want to be called Blivet. Blivet said this. Is that your name? No, no, I just want you to use that in place of pronouns. <laughs> a lot of them that they'll use is Z with Z-E in replace of the the H or the S for him, her, she, whatever. We're breaking down these gender stereotypes of he and she. We're all Z. <clears throat> that is just information I don't need. I can't remember where I put my car keys, and i got to remember your gender identity. And furthermore, this is what you want kids worried about in school, trying to remember everybody's gender identity. Tell you what, how about you have them uh, remember the Pythagorean theorem, something like that, that can actually get them a job so they're not on welfare and I'm paying for them. Get the hell out of my basement. The kid knows every gender identity of everybody in the neighborhood, but he doesn't know how to tie his damn shoes. Teach him that stuff. You're right there, Doc? No, I'm pissed off about this. This is what you have to teach him in school? Teach him how to read. Please. Teach him that stuff so I'm not supporting them. Drives me up the wall. This is complete nonsense. I have no problem with you identifying that way. Fine. And I don't want to offend you. But stop putting this on me. You know what? If you want to be identified something, put a big name tag on then. Hello, my name is Luca, and I want to be identified as Lee and Lur. Then I'm okay with that. Because then I could go, here you go. And don't be offended when I look at your name tags. I don't remember your name or how you want to be identified. You know, because you do that at parties sometimes, right? A little bit, yeah. They have the name. Hi, my name is, you know. <laughs> right. They have, the na- <laughs> they have the name tags on so we can actually identify people. That's the whole point. But if you've met them before, you know you have. So you're like, hey. Trying to not get caught looking. Looking down yeah. on it, whatever. How are you doing there? What's going on? 
Yeah, that's that. Of course, you know the one with the spouse when you don't remember the name. I, my wife knows this because I can't remember the names. I'm like, hey, I want you to meet my wife, Yuna. Great. And um, and she's like, and you are? And he's like, Pete. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Pete. Yeah, Pete. I'm like, oh, that's right, it's Pete. She knows the game. We know it's played like that, right? Yeah. Am I getting nailed? Do most people know that well, game most now? Most people know. Most people know. Dang it. It's okay, though. I think it happens to most people, though. And most people have some sort of a gambit to kind of get themselves into that, I think. I'm going to need so. a new trick. If you've got a new trick when I don't remember people's names, I could use your help. Tweet at Doc Thompson Show. I need something here. People have gotten onto that one. I need something new. All right, we're going to go to a quick break, and then I'm going to come back and tell you about this little story about gender identity and uh, the discussion over Caitlyn Jenner and such. It happened with Ben Shapiro, the conservative commentator, appearing on a talk show. We'll play that for you coming up next. Pat Stew. Gender and cisgender and how people identify confusion. Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe in for Pat and Stu today. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out our regular broadcast weekday mornings on the Blaze Radio. Just go to theblaze.com slash doc and you can get it on demand. Skip, uh, how does, let's see, you've got, what is cisgender, first of all? Uh, cisgendered is, I mean, you and I, normal. I mean, you, I, you appear normal. as a man. Yeah, I'm, I'm normal. I don't want to get the angry tweets on that. No, you appear as a man and identify as a man. You would be or as a cisgendered. Woman. A woman. Or a woman or a woman, yes. Okay. And then you got transgender people transgendering from one to the other. Yeah, people who were born as a man who identify and uh, transition okay. towards. And you've got L's in the LGBT, which would be lesbian. Uh, B is uh, bisexual. G is gay. G would be T gay. is transgender. Mm -hmm. But then we had some other letters that people have added at times as well. And Q, which is queer. Queer, yeah. So what's the difference between queer and gay and? Uh, well, because queer doesn't specifically mean homosexual. Queer can mean uh, the true definition of queer being like weird. You're a little <laughs> off kilter. You're kind wow. of queer. Again, that's my understanding of it. If I'm incorrect, I apologize. So if you've got Don't like a balloon fetish, does that make you You'd be queer? Queer? Yeah, weird? queer. I would say that's odd. A uh, atypical, probably the better way to put it. Now, what if you identify as somebody? Um, uh, your sexuality is budding. I uh, like a, you're like a plant or something where you. <laughs> You know, so, so you man, no, no, um, I believe in budding as my form of reproduction. Um, I actually think there's a term, I think it's dendrophilia, actually. Please. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It's one of those random factoids I have. Okay, all with right. trees, I all believe, right. dendrophilia. Late last week, um, Ben Shapiro, the conservative commentator, was on with Dr. Drew, and it was a panel discussing Caitlyn Jenner. And her getting the ESPY Award, is it? Uh, yeah, the uh, Edwin, uh, the Murrow Award for, uh, for Courage. Yeah, it's an S, one of the, Arthur, Arthur Ashe, Ashe. sorry, not Murrow. Arthur Murrow was the broadcaster, yeah. Ashe, the tennis player who turned out to be gay. Um, <clears throat> which is really, really bizarre. I don't understand how you give that to Caitlyn Jenner. I get nothing against Bruce, Caitlyn, whatever. Live your life. You want to come out. I even found the story interesting. I even understand it's probably been a rough life for you, Bruce, Caitlyn, whatever. Fine, great. I'm not going to judge you there. But to give Caitlyn Jenner the Courage Award for just saying, I've always wanted to tell people I believe I'm a woman, and now I'm going to, Well, please. the frustrating thing about that, too, is it's for a courageous person in sports. <clears throat> this person has not been in sports for 30 years. <laughs> that's, that's another good yes, point. Yes, Bruce yeah. Jenner won the decathlon, but that was a long time ago. Right. That's an amazing accomplishment, too. 
You're but no longer long actively yeah. in sports. It's, that is a, a horrible, pandering, tabloid move by But them. they wanted to get attention for it, and horrible. that's fine. Nothing against you, Caitlin. I got no problem. In fact, I welcome that's you That's exploitation, here. actually. You know what? I'd, I'd actually like to meet Caitlin Bruce. I when I was a kid, Bruce Jenner was, I don't know if you guys remember, iconic. You remember him winning the decathlon was gargantuan for Americans? And on the, I mean, he was one of the real first national sports figures because when I was a kid, even in the early 70s, I mean, he had some Pete Rose and people from the, you know, the big red machine and that, that had some notoriety, but not like you do today where everybody knows these sports figures nationally. You know, primarily the people, you know, that play for, for your Your city. There's a couple, I mean, the Babe Ruths and people like that. But he was this national one that everybody got behind because he won for America and the decathlon on top of it. I'd love to meet him. I'd love to hear his story. I'd love to hear. I've, I've met transgenders in the, in the past. I'd love to hear their explanation and what they're saying. That's fine. I was fascinated by the interview. But you don't deserve a, a Courage Award, and I lost a lot of respect. I lost more respect for Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner for accepting that award than for Bruce saying, I'm a woman and want to dress like one. Ah, that's a good Without point. question. I it's agree. not even close. I absolutely agree. So anyways, Ben Shapiro's on, and he's talking with this panel about this. And uh, the panel is rabidly, of course, progressive, and he's the token conservative they always want, you know, want to bang on. But one of the panelists is also transgender, a person who is transgender to identifies now as a woman. I don't know how far along in the process they are. But it's Zoe Turr, who is a journalist. You've got to see this and see if you could pick up on any of the hypocrisies in this whatsoever. Why are we mainstreaming delusion? Uh, it's not delusion. Why, why not would delusion. you call it delusion? Because Bruce Caitlyn Jenner, I'll call him Caitlyn Jenner. No, because it's that's her. Not, You're not being polite to the pronoun. Because disrespect. Okay, forget about the disrespect. Facts don't care about your feelings. It turns out that every chromosome, every cell in Caitlyn Jenner's body is male with the exception of some of his sperm cells. You it turns out that his brains are male. Wait, I need it to... turns out that he still has all of his male appendages. But, How but, he feels on the inside is irrelevant but, to the question of his biological status. I'm not, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not educated on genetics. Was to discuss the genetics or well, no? Well, no, what no, are your no. genetics? I, I, so I'd stay away from the genetics and back to the brain scans. You cut that out now or you'll go home in an ambulance. Now, that seems mildly inappropriate for a political discussion. No, I know. Well, yeah. but wait. To be fair, but to you, be, but you to be fair, wait. But to be fair, you are, but to be fair, you're actually being hey guys. rude. You're and, no, 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 and that's no, no, no. not fair. I'm sorry. It's not rude to say that someone who is biologically a male sir. is a male. You just someone who is biologically sir. male is a male. But Mr. So, Shapiro, you know, you knew very well that saying that to Zoe would be would be egregiously insulting. But wait, it's not egregiously insulting to say, I'm going to put you in the hospital? Yes. I'm going to kick your ass so yes. bad you're going to need to go home in a hospital? And touched that him. That is acceptable. And touched him. Lean and put his hand on, invading his private space and touching him. That's horrible. Right. Now, here, listen. Most of that interview, I agreed with Ben Shapiro. A lot of what he said is true. Uh, most of it. A lot of it. And I get where he's coming from. He's saying, biologically, I still see you're a male. Where I disagree with Ben Shapiro on this is... If you believe you're female, I got no issue with that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't care. If you believe you're a fiddler crab, fine, be a fiddler crab. I don't care. I've got enough worried about in my life to worry about it. Just, But I also don't want to have to know and remember that you're a fiddler crab is not to offend you. And that's the disconnect. You want to identify as a woman or a fiddler crab, fine, do it. Don't put the pressure on me to remember this and act out and not offend you. And when we're writing up press releases and whatever else to go, oh, I got to be politically correct. He's a fiddler crab, not a woman, whatever it is. 
That's on you. So Ben was giving him the business there. I think they're both in the wrong, I think. I right. think they're both in the wrong. Now. But who was more wrong? Clearly, Clearly she was more wrong. Was he, did he violate the rules? Rule number one, don't be a jerk. Maybe potentially. Rule number five for Skip and I is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Okay, maybe. Maybe he did that wrong. But who was worse? She insulted him and threatened yeah, violence actually, and put her hands on him. That's a threat. That's a crime. She actually committed a crime against Ben Shapiro. No, you're right. He could actually file. He actually called the police because uh, apparently he says after that or off camera, she said, I'll see you in the parking lot. Yeah, that's, that's troubling to me. That's way more troubling than, than his refusal to call this transgendered <clears throat> woman a female or her using a different pronoun. And then it starts off to you're being disrespectful to the pronouns. Is the pronoun going to get its feelings hurt? We have to now be respectful to words, not just people. Now, I come down from that saying, Ben, why are you being don't, a little don't. bit of a jerk? Just right. call. The person wants to be called her, call them her. The person wants to be called Zim, call them Zim. Yes, it's ridiculous. We're getting crazy. But that's not worth the debate. That's not worth the fight. Right, exactly. But did you notice everybody else on the panel ganged up on him saying, hey, 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 you knew you were being a jerk. You shouldn't have done that. Um, not one of them, I, and I watched the whole interview, not one of them said to her, Zoe, you can't do that. Don't do that. And I would, have, doing? I would have potentially said that to Ben, too. I'm like, Ben, what are you doing? But I would have said it to Zoe. How does, how does Zoe get a pass, but Ben doesn't? Not only did, did Zoe get a pass, they kept attacking Ben on this over and over. Hey, but you knew you were being a jerk when you said that to her. What? What kind of bearded Spock world am I living in where you're not calling out her as well? By the way, Zoe Tour, that is not very ladylike to threaten violence upon somebody on national TV. Just a quick word of the wise. But is it transgender ladylike? I don't know. We'd have to get a ruling. Do we know if she identifies as a violent woman or just a woman? Maybe for that moment in time she was identifying as a man when she was going to kick his ass. Oh, are you allowed to go back and forth? Yes, don't question if they want to go back and forth. Well, Seriously. no, I'm sure there are some people with all this crazy different ways you can identify. I'm sure there's people that can identify. Are there people that identify on the moment, on the spot? I'm sure. You're like if, a if, chameleon? If there hasn't been one yet, there will be soon. Somebody who will claim that. So I'm like chameleon uh, gender. you got to always know what's going on. Or like maybe like like for the winter months, you know, identify more as, as a man, and <laughs> summer months, you know, bikini season. Wow, that's uh, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about crazy. that. Crazy. Just kind of flip flop and use it to your whatever. But yeah, she uh, allegedly threatened him. I'll see you out in the parking lot. He called the police, and then they had some people from there must have been security or whatever from inside escort him out to his transportation because she threatened him. I understand it. Yeah. I don't I don't think he was so worried that he would be injured by her as the embarrassment factor. <laughs> well, now is there is there an embarrassment factor there? Is it is it better to get your uh, get your ass kicked by a transgendered female than a uh, a cis female? Really trying to use the proper terms here. I'm sorry. Of course it's more embarrassing. What if she's a woman? But, I mean, is it, is it any less that she at one point was a man? No, no, no. She's got long hair. She was wearing high heels. Okay. That's all that matters. That's Hated embarrassing. Males. Actually, you know what? It's going to be more embarrassing for him because you know all of the crazy people at the MSNBC and whatever, they would revel in it. They would show this over and over again. Any footage they had or report the story, Ben Shapiro got his butt kicked by this woman. Women's empowerment, see? And they would do that whole thing about that. Mm-hmm.
So much for being a man. She's more of a man than you are, and she identifies as a woman. It would be all of that nonsense. So, yeah, I'm just... You guys, that's another one of those things. You're hypocrites. You juxtaposition different ideas and values and things that happen, and you'll see their flaws right there because they didn't call her out. Even, they didn't call her out at all. If it had been equal, I would have said you should have called her out more because she actually touched him. She, that's, that's assault and battery. She threatened him and she touched him. Assault and battery. It doesn't matter if you're injured by it or not. No. The fact that she touched you, you can call the police and have her charged. Ben Shapiro could have had her charged. He still could. He, he still he can. He could have charges filed right. today against her. No, they're not coming out saying, um, okay, good, Ben, you didn't, you didn't file charges, that's good. That was big of you, Ben, that was big of right. you. Right, they didn't even offer that. They just kept going after him over and over again that he's the jerk in that situation. And then Dr. Drew with the, wait a minute, biologically, you're, you're saying biologically she's still a man. But we're talking brain scans because some brain scans show that you're more like a woman in your brain scans. What? What? Why does any of that matter? It doesn't. It Again, doesn't that's what it comes back to with Ben shouldn't have gone there either. It's, they're both in the wrong here. Well, I mean, Dr. Drew and the whole discussion over gender and whether or not you can identify, here's what I would say. If you're concerned with gender today, and Dr. Drew, I welcome you on the program as well. If you're concerned with this, um, let me ask you a couple of questions. And you're making sure we get everything, you know, pronoun accurate, right? Let me ask you a couple of questions. Is ISIS still cutting people's heads off today? Skip, are they, do they still control a big chunk yeah. of the former yes. uh, Assyrian Empire? Both, both are they Iraq cutting Iraq and Syria, yeah, they huh. a big swipe of them. So stuff. they're still cutting people's heads off today. Um, are there a lot of Americans that are out of work that can't afford to live based on uh, the high inflation uh, and the poor economy? Millions. Hmm. Are, are there children starving in America? Yeah. Are there babies being aborted in America today? Every day. Uh, okay, all of this is happening. You're worried about somebody not being called the proper gender name. You see what I'm getting at there, Dr. Drew and other people? This is the nonsense you're worried about. It's called priorities. If America goes down, none of this matters. If the economy continues to tank, America goes down. I don't know if I need to put that together or not. Do your history. I know we don't like to talk about history now in schools. I know a lot of you millennials, you don't care about that history thing. Who the hell cares about that? I care about feeling good. Do your, do your research. World War II, the Revolutionary War, certainly the Civil War. Most wars are won by people with cash, the people who can afford to fight wars and continue to fund the wars. That's, that's a huge component of war and defending your country. If America goes down economically, America goes down completely. So if we don't have a strong economy and a strong military that we buy with that, it's all over anyways. Go ahead and argue that they're being offensive by not calling you the proper gender name when you're living with Kim Jong-un. See if he cares about Zim and Zer. Doc and Skip in for Pat and Stu today.
Doc Dobson, Patton, uh, and Skip McComb in for Patton Stew today. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, if you are concerned about, I mean, how to properly identify people, there was a guest on MSNBC on Sunday that wants to help you out. And as we know, these big progressives, they know the proper solution to everything is more government. They want to get the FCC involved. Now. Oh, no. We have to end mass incarceration, and we have to disrupt the criminalization of black bodies hold and black it, trans it women in, in particular. It. It's so powerful, right? We talk again. about it. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry to do oh, this to goodness. you. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going <laughs> to... No, we wanted the clip of the guest, hold not on. the jockey. <laughs> hold on. So you're going to have to start that from the beginning. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for this person to argue that... People need to be identified different ways. Okay. Not the helium segment. Folks. Okay, we here we go. To the, here the we go. I just was unprepared. Okay. This FCC, person. The solution for, for the FCC. We have to end mass incarceration and we have to disrupt the criminalization of black bodies and black trans women in particular. It's so powerful, right? We talk about legalities and what, what on the books do we want to see in order to push this conversation forward. But we also know that the other piece of it, not just policy change, but also culture change is so important. So I feel like the media's um, representation of trans womanhood or tra you know black trans women is is necessary to change what do you think about the landscape particularly right now with trans women of color in in media you know what I think is the, the first issue is that we need to stop misgendering people in the media <laughs> and there needs to be some type of fine that's put into place for outlets for media outlets whether they be print online radio or what have you that decide that they're just not going to call people by their name Right, and that they're going to misgender them just because they can. And that's what we saw with Casey Haggard, we saw in the press, we saw, we've seen all over the place, and it's ridiculous. There are guidelines that have been put in place by GLAD, right, that have been put out to all press outlets. And if you don't follow them, you should be fined by the FCC. It should be that serious. So, guidelines put in place by GLAD, I mean, they're GLAD, official writings from GLAD. The Gay, Lesbian, Anti-Defamation League, GLAD, yes. and uh, First Amendment of the Constitution. How do you fall on that? That's uh... a fine. A fine for, and see, and we're coming with whole new terms now, misgendering somebody? Misgendering. Misgendering. And again, I was saying, I don't want to offend anybody. I've been Shapiro, okay, misgendering. But if you slip, if you make the mistake... I'm sorry, Bruce Jenner was Bruce Jenner for, for 60 years. If you accidentally slip and call her he, you're going to get fined for it? But no, that is the progressive uh, tip, uh, goose tagging, you're coming down to. I would call out this woman for her hypocrisy. What do you mean? She said you're misgendering. Yeah. What about misgendering people? I, uh, Does that matter? I would just call her out for her hair. Misgendering, misgendering.